Today's first reading, and actually the psalm, are both uh, the responses of the people of Israel after the destruction of uh, not only the temple, which is more the psalm, but of Jerusalem itself. And the author of the Book of Lamentations, uh, we do not know his name, but the author uh, is kind of explicit when you read it. He says that ultimately your prophets had for you false and suspicious visions. They did not lay bare your guilt. It's something that I mentioned the other day that uh, Jeremiah had been prophesying uh, uh, death and destruction and the people, uh, the king and, and the prophets, the false prophets, stood against him and said, you're, you're preaching against the king, you're, and they threw him in a well and all, all those things. Well, this is the aftermath of not listening to the true prophets, but listening to the prophets who tell us what we want to hear. And uh, don't we have that yet? It's so easy to hear what we want to hear. It's uh, psych- Psychologists call it confirmation bias. So we hear something and it fits with something that we want to think, and so, well, it fits. And so don't we have in our day confirmation bias all over the place? And I just find it interesting. Uh, I'm just going to note, note that. And, uh, you know, we, I have it. I, I know I have it. And, and uh, I'm relatively sure you might have a form of confirmation bias as well. So we, if we hear something, and every once in a while, I'll, there was a little uh, meme that floated around uh, this week that the church in 1431, I believe it was, condemned slavery. Well, that was confirmation bias. That's all I needed to say. The church has been against it. Well, the church has been against it, but the church isn't, doesn't always have its voice heard. So confirmation bias. How do we get around this? Because this is what ultimately <clears throat> destroys the people of Israel. This is why ultimately they go into exile, is because they listen to what they want to listen to and they ignore what they don't want to listen to. They ignore God, the very voice of God. And believe it or not, I think it's in our gospel passage today, as as different as these readings might be. But we have this centurion. That should be a clue for us. Centurions were Romans, not Jewish. This was a Roman centurion, a Roman soldier who led a squad of a hundred others, which is what centurion means. He comes to Jesus and says, Lord, My servant is paralyzed and suffering. He's just making a statement. And Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. No, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Only say the word and my servant will be healed. Those should be words that are familiar to us. They better be anyway. We say them every time we come to Mass. Well, now in the new translation, we say them a little bit more closer. And I think there's the key to confirmation bias. When we admit that we are not worthy, when we admit that we uh, need to be humble, when we admit that, uh, that we don't have it all put together, that we don't fully understand. I, I remember, and I've said this before here, and, and almost every time we have this reading, Uh, during the uh, debate of should we embrace this new translation or not, and believe it or not, it's been, uh, what, eight years, nine years, something like that, and I still hear uh, rumblings of it among certain people, and it's been a while, every once in a while. But this is one one of those, those verses that we use 
that strikes a heavy chord in people. Well, I'm worthy to... Well, think about what we're doing. This is not a self-defacing statement. This is rather about what we are about to do when we say these words. If Jesus Christ really is the Son of God, if Jesus Christ really is the second person in the Trinity who takes flesh, who then, before his death, says, this is my body, this is my blood, and transforms bread and wine into his very body and blood, and he stoops to such a degree to become spiritual food for us, who are we? Who are we to receive him? Lord, I am not worthy to receive you. Just say the word. Just say the word. That's all I need. That's humility. And it is profoundly a Christian stance. Humility. To, not to say we are bad or terrible, but rather to turn to the one who is so good, who is infinitely good, the other day I had a, had a thought that uh, uh, had to do with good and evil and, uh, and uh, various other, other things. And, and the, the thought was, well, God can turn any evil deed, any sinful act, he can turn it around for good. Why is that? It's because God is infinitely good. God is infinitely good. And there's no such thing as infinite evil. None. None. Except something that doesn't exist. So when we come to God in humility, when we say we are not worthy, when we say we don't have it all put together, when we say that I don't understand fully, completely, we get around all this confirmation bias. We get around all this evil. And we can look at things as they really are with the eyes of faith and be healed.